Now the players are throwing the league under the bus, the league throwing the players under the bus, and now federal mediation is apparently required to advance negotiations as Jesse Rogers joins us from, uh, I presume, a very chilly Chicago and a snow-covered Chicago. Jesse, are you in the Windy City? Yes, absolutely. Very cold and very snowy. You got it exactly right. <laughs> well, it, it, normally we would have a joke about how we were going to go to you know Florida or Arizona for spring training and right. have a good old time, uh, maybe at the end of February or early March. I, I'm not as confident in those travel plans, Jesse. Where do you stand? Do you think spring training gets started on time? No, I mean, there's very little hope that it'll get started on time at this point. Um, the owners are meeting in Orlando early next week. I mean, is there a chance they all, you know, sort of get together and say, hey, let's let's give in to these players. You know, we've been too tough on them. And then all of a sudden the deal gets reached and they open on time. I mean, if you believe in fairy tales, I guess there's a chance that could happen. But over the next week, I think we're going to see, you know, uh, rhetoric towards a delay to, to spring training. I would not be surprised if Rob Manfred announces that next week after the owners meet. So uh, I think that the key thing here is, uh, will they have enough spring training to have a regular season? Um, in my reporting, I, I think they need to be in by like March 1st to really feel like things are still going at a normal pace. Anything later than that, now you start to, you know, maybe adjust rosters to start the season with more guys, more pitchers, um, and if it goes a lot longer than that, then you may not even start the season on time. So uh, the beginning of spring training is, is kind of the, the sacrificial lamb right now, and that's okay because you don't need those first week or ten days. But after that, you kind of get to get those pitchers in there. So let's hope the deal is done by, by at least the end of the month. So fair to say early March is sort of your, your panic button pushing time. If, if we're having this conversation a month from tonight and, and nothing's been resolved, then maybe it's time to push the panic button as it pertains to the start of the regular season? Yeah, I think so. Um, in 2020, when they restarted after the pandemic, they had a 23-day training camp, and um, they didn't like that. They needed to go a little bit longer, not a lot longer, but if it was one more week, I think they would have been okay with it. Most people think um, you know, pitchers can get ready in a month, uh, and that would be you know if you start up March 1st for spring training. I have talked to some agents that, that are going to instruct their pitchers to, to really you know get ready in this month of February like uh, they would if they were at spring training. Now, it's not the same sort of um, conditions. Obviously, they have to do it on their own. Uh, but I talked to one agent who said he wants his pitchers ready to throw three innings instead of just the normal like one or two uh, and talking about starting pitchers. So maybe knowing there might be a delay, guys can prep for it the right way, but nobody really wants to push it without a start date. That's the thing with pitchers. They they need to have a date to work towards. So, yeah, if we get into that first week of March, you got to really worry about the, the beginning of the season. But there are ways around it, like I said. You could have a 30-man roster in April with 15 pitchers, 16 pitchers. I'm sure, those games will go very quickly. And uh, you, you can you can do things, three-inning stints for starters, and even in April, and, and work work your way up. But I think they need at least three weeks of spring training, at least. Yeah, it's interesting, Jesse. Last year, I remember having discussions with the Brewers as we were piecing together our spring training uh, coverage as the flagship station for the Brewers. And it was relayed back to me that, you know, games at a certain part of spring training might only be five or seven innings long, and then, you know, there would be a ramp-up point. And, and that was more COVID-related. Not that a game is going to be 12 or 13 innings, but 
I, I don't imagine any five-inning games when spring training does begin because of what you just mentioned, just the necessity to try and get work in, and, and probably in part to a, you know, an, an easing in COVID restrictions. I, I don't know that any player was vaccinated at this time a year ago. Uh, much of the country was not. So I, I, I do wonder about that if, if spring training games will be, you know, more marathons with regulars getting time earlier than usual. Well, actually, it might be the opposite. It's possible because, it, you know, as much as I say they, they want to be ready in February, even if there's no spring training, it's just not going to be the same. And so one, if you get in there in March and you're playing games pretty quickly, it could go back to that, that, to that COVID situation. You may only play seven innings because pitchers aren't ready and, even, and, and, and they don't have enough arms to, to go nine or longer. I know what you're saying, but you, you want to sort of compact it all and, and get as much work in as you can, but but the body can only take so much, and that's even with hitters. But of course, hitters don't have to go at full speed and stuff. So it, it's a delicate balance of how much to push with a shortened spring training. Uh, but we first have to get an agreement. We might be you know putting the horse before the cart here because uh, I, you know, it is it is possible this thing goes into April and we don't even see anything like like a spring training and, and a regular season. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm hopeful that's not going to be the case. I don't think this mediator is the answer, um, but it is possible that that this thing drags on and we really get screwed like we did, you know, back in '94. And and um, you know, there's been other work stoppages, and and this is an inflection point for sure. I think that the optics are so bad because you had COVID, you had the labor problem during COVID, and now you have another labor problem. Like uh, the, the fact that it's happening three years in a row, kind of, that's a problem for the sport. Yeah, I was reading Jeff Passon's story earlier today about baseball's request to have a federal mediator brought in. What do you think this does? What's the goal here? Yeah, it's, there's two or three reasons behind it. Um, one could be, if, it, if, it, if it's not a nefarious reason, it could just be out of a simple frustration on the, on the league's part. They feel like, and I don't want to get into the weeds with you too much because our listeners, your listeners will be like, oh, I can't deal with this. But they, they feel like they have addressed all of the union's problems. Um, here's the analogy I just came up with today. If your kid comes to you for an allowance and you say yes, but you give them a nickel, is it really an allowance? Of course, technically, they can go to their friends and say, I, I get an allowance. But if it's only a nickel, that's not enough, right? I I think that's the way the union would look at this. You could technically say they've addressed some things here, but not enough that we would accept this. Not enough that we'd – it's their version of getting a nickel for allowance. So my point is, okay, they're frustrated. The the league thinks they've addressed things. Let's get a third party to look at it and and see what they say about what we've offered here. Now, more nefarious, more tactical could be the league – wanting the union to reject that mediator because a mediator is more likely than not kind of going to um, split the difference here, work off the old CBA. The, the owners would love the old CBA to be, to be used again. Like they want the status quo. And the, 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 the union might say, well, this guy is going to lean towards the status quo because that's what he has in front of him, the last collective bargaining agreement. So we're going to say no to the mediator. That could make them look bad publicly a third party sounds good, right? That sounds logical. So the union could say no to that, makes them look bad. Dragging this thing out um, with a mediator and then nothing happens at the end of the negotiations could actually help the league because if there's one side that's going to get frustrated without getting paychecks in March or April, 
it's going to be the players first, right, before the billionaire owners. So dragging things out with a mediator could actually benefit the league if the players start to get antsy, and then they then they go ahead and push their leadership to make the best deal possible. So there's tactical reasons, and then there's legit reasons to bring in a, a mediator. I don't know what the real answer is, but those those are the things I can I can lay out for you there. You know, I think you hit on something really key here, right? And that's that's paychecks, right? It's a huge word. When do players really start losing money? Is that in conjunction with the regular season? And is that the deadline we're really looking at here? I mean, spring training is is nice, and it's certainly helpful, and the players, I think, enjoy it at the start and are ready to be done by the end, but it serves a purpose. But players don't typically lose money during the month of February and early March. No, they don't. They're getting $5,000 checks right now from their from the union war chest for this month. They'll get a 5000 check in March um, from, the, from the war chest as well. But then it, come April, if you're sending Bryce Harper or uh, I'll localize it, if you're sending Christian Yelich a $5,000 check, check for the month of April with the contracts they've signed, I don't think that's going to sit well with them. So you're exactly right. Um, players get paid during the season. I think the first check probably comes March 31st. I'm not exactly sure, but right when the season starts, they begin getting paid. And that's where – you know, guys will get a little bit nervous, right? Guys at the end of their career, guys with big contracts, guys at the beginning of their career, guys with big mortgages. I mean, it all plays a part, right? So, um, and they're more likely to get a little bit nervous than owners. Now, I've talked to the union for three months now. They say they have resolve among their players. They are not going to just roll over. Uh, and they're going to continue to say that until they actually have a deal because they want to make sure they're putting out their best foot for, you know, they're, they're showing the league. We have resolved. We're not just going to roll over come March 31st. But that, it, you're right. It, that's it, where the rubber beats the road. That's where both parties hopefully get really serious. I mean, before that, but that's when, when it really it becomes real because those paychecks will be lost. Well, you know, and Jesse, I can appreciate both sides digging in, but didn't the players roll over last time? Is that part of the reason why we're in this situation today, that there is so much ground to make up that they really got – bowled over in the last round of negotiations? Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, I've tried to be down the middle about this, not take sides. I'm a reporter. Sure, I have my opinions, but this is the best way I can describe it. Like, if you were starting uh, uh, the sport from scratch, the first ever collective bargaining agreement, at the end of negotiations, it would probably look a lot more favorable to the players than the one they just had if you were starting from scratch. But reality is we're not starting from scratch. We're starting from decades of negotiations, decades of collective bargaining agreements, and that's what you kind of have to play off of. And that's why I think the players do deserve significant change, but reality says they're probably not going to get it or as much as they want. So let's find the best deal possible. It should be better than the last deal. There's no doubt in my mind, and I think the owners understand that, and they feel like they have addressed things. We've never seen an NBA-style draft before. We've never seen um, draft pick compensation eliminated. They're offering that. We've never seen a pre-arbitration pool. And that's what the league is going to hang their hat on. We have, addre- we have addressed a bunch of things that will make players in a better spot than they, were, than they had or were before. Um, but the players don't think it's enough. Jesse Rogers covers Major League Baseball. You can hear him regularly on our sister station ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Yeah, typically, Jesse, I believe that deadlines spur action. I, I mean, I do believe a deal gets done, but 
I, I must say I don't feel any bit more confident today than I did in December when players were locked out. I, like I, it's, I'm in the same spot I was two months ago. In fact, probably a worse spot as we get a little closer to the start of the paper in front of me that says the schedule should begin on March 31st. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you're probably right. It, it's definitely not any better. Um, it may not be any worse. It just is until, like, a real deadline approaches. I feel like there's been incremental movement, um, you know, offering that pre-arbitration pool. Now let's decide how much. Offering that NBA-style draft. Now let's decide how many teams in the in the lottery. Like, there's things to negotiate off of. Again, the league is kind of like, you're negotiating uh, – to the union, they'd be saying, you're negotiating with us on something that never existed. So how dare you demand $100 million in that pre-arbitration pool? And uh, the union's saying, well, we deserve it. And, uh, you know, we deserve that significant change. It's just like the NBA-style draft. This never – you didn't have this before. Now we're offering three teams in the, in the lottery. How dare you offer eight or ten or whatever? So we're, we're stuck in between, but, but there are paths. There are paths. They just have to sort of understand each other. And, and I do think the owners need to give the players a win or two. And maybe they will when there's a deadline. Instead of five wins, they give them two wins. And that's what a deadline creates, that urgency. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I was having a lot of fun in November talking about all the money being thrown around and teams trying to you know, swing their deals before the lockout hit. I know there's a lot of players looking for work at this point, and obviously you just can't really do much about it other than stay ready. I, it's going to be a frenzy, I would imagine, once a new deal gets done. There's a lot of good, talented baseball players who don't have a home right now. It's going to be very interesting. I mean, we saw it in December or November. There was that frenzy. It'll be similar. And I think a lot of parties like it, agents, executives, because there's no mulling things over. You're going to make an offer, a guy's going to sign, or you're going to move on to the next guy. It's kind of like, the other sports, right? I think we're gonna we're gonna see that again. Um, why do you need two weeks to, to 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 figure things out? Just make an offer and accept it, or don't accept it and go to the next team. So uh, there will be a frenzy. Trades will be interesting. They're not supposed to be talking now about trades. I haven't heard anybody breaking that rule, but I'm not involved in the text from you know David Stearns to Jed Hoyer, right? I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So I'm not sure if there'll be much in trades if this thing ends like mid you know, mid to late February and we start up spring training, maybe there'll be some trades during spring training, but certainly there'll be that free agent frenzy. And I I haven't heard anybody that is not looking forward to it. I mean, I've talked to agents who are so prepared. They've looked over rosters. They've got their arbitration cases ready to go. This is, you know, boom, boom, boom. And we'll, we'll be playing. And I do think we get past this. We, We will see some hopefully positive rule changes on the field in the near future then we can talk about the health of this sport for the next five to ten years. This has been rough. Rules, COVID, labor, but a lot of this can be behind us if you're willing to be patient to this sport. In the next 12 months, I think we'll see a healthier you know, result of all this. Well, I, I hope to talk to you next time about how the universal DH is really a benefit to baseball instead of a hindrance. <laughs> That's the debate I want to have uh, versus when a deal might get done. Sign me up for that conversation. I look forward to having it with you, Jesse. Anytime, and as a longtime Chicagoan, my final thing to say to you is go Bulls. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, Now that the Bulls are good, they're, they're coming out of the woodwork, yeah, right? The Bulls I, fans are I, back. Exactly. We're back for yeah, now, I've heard, but nobody around uh, here I, thinks... I, 
they're going to upend the Bucks to the playoffs. Nobody, I. Uh, I I've I've heard enough from Sylvie on that. Uh, he was up at a Bucks Bulls game a couple of weeks ago. I, I got an earful from Sylvie on it, so <laughs> I'm hearing it from all over the place, man. Game and I was on vacation, or else I would have been up there uh, cheering them on uh, along with them. Uh, it didn't go well, if I recall, right? <laughs> it, did, it, it did not. There were some contentious moments. Jesse, I appreciate your work, man. It's, it's, uh, you really do break things down and, and make it complicated matters seem pretty simple to digest. So I encourage everybody, check out Jesse's work at ESPN.com. We'll check in again soon, my friend. Thanks so much for your time tonight. You got it. Anytime. Take care. All right, take care. Jesse Rogers does such a great job covering Major League Baseball and beyond the team, right? I mean, he's just packed with information here. Check out his latest work at ESPN.com.